Welcome to the Popcorn Talk Network. For the online broadcast network that features movie discussion, news, and interviews, press one. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. In a world where action movies are constantly exploding at the box office, our heroes take on the monumental task of dissecting and analyzing all aspects of action movies to truly understand what it takes to make a great action film. Ben Bateman, Andrew Guy, in a Popcorn Talk Network exclusive, this is Action Movie Anatomy. Boom! What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. Welcome to Action Movie Anatomy on Popcorn Talk, the online movie network dedicated to talking movies, all things movie-related. I'm your host of Action Movie Anatomy, Ben Bateman. Excited to be here talking Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation. I'm full of energy. These guys are laughing. This is my great co-host, Andrew Guy, my wonderful co-host. Lovely. I thought it was lovely. Lovely. He's lovely and amazing and I wonderful. I wish you would remember what you called me. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm here. I'm so excited to talk about this movie. I... Love this movie. I want to watch it like ten more times in theaters. Oh, we probably, we probably will. We probably will. At least one yeah. more time together. No question. That's right. And this is our, our resident uh, Mission Impossible expert. She's she's been here for for the last uh, what? No, last week you didn't do three with us, I but didn't. you did four. You did I Mission did Impossible, mm-hmm. uh, Ghost Protocol last week with us, and you did a great job. So we wanted to bring you back. Thank and you. She and she saw I was the screener. E- yeah, I was exploding at the seams last week because I had already seen five too, and I couldn't say anything. So now we can talk about it too. Yeah, very exciting. Yeah, I don't know so how you, you loved do that. it. I loved it. You Holy loved it. crap, I loved it. Because she was embargoed, she couldn't discuss it yeah. uh, yes. legally. So every time we mentioned it, she just would be like, "I saw the film." <laughs> That's it. Go see the film. No further comments. And then we will talk. So this is uh, yeah, Mission Impossible: Rogue Nation. We're gonna do a, a full review of the of the film. Let's uh, cue the trailer maybe and check it out. It. It's a sweet trailers. trailers. Yeah, Super all sweet. of them were great. It's a good trailer. Yeah. Benji, the syndicate is real. Yeah, his well, his delivery of the line changes trailer to trailer, and yeah. it's different in the movie. Yes, my yeah. favorite is the super intense one. This is the one from this one. Is it? Yeah, okay. yeah. everyone, shut up, Benji. <laughs> the syndicate is real, the and they know who we are. Trained. A rogue nation trained to do what we do. Oh. He's such a badass. It's so badass. Without equal, immune to any countermeasures. But it is an agency of chaos. The time has come to dissolve the IMF. Now, I want you to choose your next person. I like Baldwin's I was going to say, I actually like Baldwin. He was yeah, well he cast, well. yeah. Yeah. Last I heard, he was tracking the syndicate. Oh. How come the CIA... Oh, yeah. The rabbit's foot. The yeah. reference to each of the previous yeah. four movies. There's one There's one reference to each of the four movies. Yeah. Yeah. The rabbit's foot being the most obvious yeah. one, I think. We've never met before. She's a stone that was, that cold. That was one of my favorite she lines is, too. She she's is a stone cold badass. Amazing. She's she might be gorgeous. the best part of the whole movie. Really, she is. She's yeah. The, Ethan, where are you? The syndicate is real. A rogue, rogue nation trained, trained to, to do what we do. Anti IMF. Anti IMF. And the super 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 slowed down version. Yeah. I just got the chills. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. And I've seen it twice. This may very well be our last mission. Let's make it count. Let's make it count. I love Renner. I do too. Yeah, but you know what's weird about him in this movie? It's like, I thought about it after the fact. He's not a great in it. He kind of just bitches the whole time. He doesn't actually do anything. He doesn't have a single action scene, right? Well, just the car chase. Uh, but he's not even... Yeah, I mean, he's just right? He just shows it. up at a 4x4. Yeah. Well, doesn't He's running at some point with Tom Cruise. The two of them are running at, at one moment simultaneously. Like, if Cruise is ever running with anyone, his running out classes everyone else. Oh, I know. But I, yeah. I think... It was an interesting thing to show both of them running like that because it was like. Uh, I mean, look at her, though. Yeah. She's... How do you know we can trust her? Desperate times. Desperate, Desperate measures. measures. Desperate times. 
extra measures. You got your seatbelt on? You want to be that now? <laughs> oh, hey, boys, what did I miss? Simon Pegg is... God, this, he was great. Everyone's great. It's yeah. so yeah. well cast. It really, really is. Open the door! Open the door! Yeah, I'm trying. I like how they never show oh the end of it. Oh, no, they do. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I love when he gets sucked in the door. God, he's nuts. So he's good. nuts. That's crazy though. Now with the contacts, that yeah. you can see his yeah, eyes. Yeah, you can open see his like eyes that. are wide open. Yeah. I just, it's just un, like it's sort of unfathomable. I'm trying to imagine just driving myself at the side of an airplane, and there's a cable. He's got the harness that's attached yeah. to the cable, and that's what's like keep. It's like just a cable. Yeah. Right. That's just like, around the door. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Five thousand feet up in the, the air. The size on a of his jet. <laughs> what? It's just like it's so absurd. I yeah. mean, Tom Cruise has to has pretty big balls. Oh yeah, he's I mean, let's he's talk a total badass. Yeah, he's, just pretty much the ultimate badass. Tom he, Cruise, he really is. So let's let's get into uh, let's get into uh, bold statements because be I my statements. I think yeah. we all sort of have. I think the statement is just that Tom Cruise just is awesome. Yeah. No, it my, is. my so my statement is that based on the financial and we'll get to the financials of this film, but. Based on the financial success, as well as the critical, the critical appeal of both four and five, but now really highlighted by the fifth movie, yeah. the Tom Cruise action brand is in the stratosphere. It's a class of its own. There's, there is no other action brand that can actually compete with just like the Tom Cruise action brand. It is the greatest of all time. It's unparalleled by anyone else's. And I think Mission Impossible 5 is the ultimate proof that a 53-year-old Tom Cruise can make the fifth installment in this franchise. It's going to make the most money. Yes. It's going to be the yep. best reviewed. Yep. He looks, I mean, he looks the best in three, but for a 53-year-old guy, he looks better than he looked four years ago. Yeah. Like, he, the stunts are better. The action's better. Yep. The movie's better. It's just, it's mind-blowing. Yeah, I mean, he is the <laughs> greatest action star of our generation. It is Or maybe ever. And, like, I, mm-hmm. I, you and I had a, had a conversation about this one night, and I was saying, well, Harrison Ford, you think about Harrison Ford and oh, Indiana Jones no. and Star Wars and all that he's yeah. done. But Tom Cruise, is, it is. It's, it's different, different action. And That's more like... Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, like, no, please. I mean, it is. It's much different. Like, the things that he does... Yeah. My bold statement is that Tom Cruise is a bigger badass than Ethan Hunt. <laughs> I like oh. that. It's a really good one. Because Tom Cruise is not a, a, a superhero. He's not a trained special agent. Yeah. And, he, and Ethan Hunt dies in this movie. Tom Cruise can hold his breath longer than Ethan Hunt. It's the second yeah. Mission Impossible movie that Tom Cruise has died in. Yeah. yeah, 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 and he, yeah, he can hold his breath for six minutes in real life. Yeah, and, and Hunt dies after four. There's a great, uh, there's a great line, Chris McQuarrie. <laughs> That's amazing. Right? I love that. The writer and director, Chris McQuarrie, when he he was asked, um, what are the biggest differences that you see between Tom Cruise and Ethan Hunt? And he says, there's one. There's one that comes to mind. One major one. It's that Ethan Hunt wants to do everything possible to avoid doing these stunts. Tom Cruise is exactly the opposite. Right. All he wants to do is do these stunts. That's the only thing he wants to do. More than anything, he wants to do these stunts. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mine was that Tom Cruise is the best action actor ever. I don't think there's another guy Mm-mm. that holds it, that delivers it, that does the stunts. Like, he encompasses everything. Like, there's other greats, like the Harrison Fords and yeah, stuff, yeah. but they don't encompass all of it the way that Tom Cruise does. I mean, even from back in the day, movies like Top Gun and stuff. Like, it's always been an adrenaline junkie yeah. type of something that lures you in, and it's him. Yeah. Like, his character is doing this yeah. stuff, but it's actually him who does it. Like you said, it's almost he's more badass than his characters. Uh, yeah, so I think those are great. I, I think 
it's funny too having watched so many of his movies and then see see the development like as we're talking about his sort of action brand right. and like the little the little ticks that he's added over over the years. If you guys notice that he does this thing now, he didn't used to do this. There's like a particular look. It's this like it's the look where yeah. you know what I'm talking about, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And I was it's, it's the new ones that. Right? Yeah. Like it's we very all know, yeah. subtle, we but all it know I'm speaks do this. volumes. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. he does it like it's the, something in the last five years that I, I noticed. It's like when more. Peg is talking to, to Rebecca Ferguson, yeah. and she's like, "We well, have to hold your breath." For he's like, and he's just like, "Oh, don't worry about him. Yeah. He'll be fine." And he's yeah. just faces like, you know, like yeah, it's, yeah. it's so good. I've noticed it in Reacher. That was the one where I first noticed it, and I, I started to look back, and you see it in the fourth movie too. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of like, all right, here we go. Yeah, right. So, yeah, it's yeah. like, do you really think that I can't do this? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Tom Cruise. Come on. Uh, all right, so let's let's do our fist pump moments, guys. This is the first part of the show where we like to ask for some interaction. If you guys are watching and you you want to get in on the fun, uh, the fist pump for us is sort of that moment where you're watching the movie and maybe maybe you're on the couch and something crazy happens or something anything happens really, and you just yeah. you're wildly looking around. You're like, is anyone else seeing this right now? Are you seeing what's happening? He's on an airplane. Yeah. Uh, or you know, or just something that where you're just like, this is so awesome. Um, and that's the fist pump. So we, we each share one of those and then we're going to kind of get into the, uh, the breakdowns, the star profiles, if you will. So if you have an idea and you want to tweet at me or any of these guys, uh, I'm at Ben Bateman Media. Uh, at Andrew Guy. At I am Steph Z. Or you can leave a comment in the YouTube comments. Uh, just let us know what you think and let's do it, guys. What, what, what's your fist pump moment? What do you got? Please. I've got two. Please. This movie, I mean, probably it deserves, had 12. Yeah, exactly. My first fist pump moment was when Tom Cruise shimmied up that pole when oh. he couldn't get the key to <laughs> yeah. fit in his handcuffs. So I mean, sweet. he put any pole dancer to shame, number one. <laughs> and he looked probably better than any of them, too. Ridiculous core strength. Ridic- yeah. Absurd. Upper body, core, ridiculous. And the fact, like, in that moment, he's like, okay, hey, this isn't going to work. I got to get off this pole. It's like, oh, oh I know what to okay, do. Okay, I'll just go upside down and yeah. shimmy up it. I was like, you got to be kidding yeah, me! It was insane. Like you were like, it was one of those moments when you're watching a movie and you're like, I would have never thought of that. That, yeah. that is movie magic right there. Yeah, because you're just you're just sort of like, what the hell? Like, okay, like you're I, like oh, he just did that. Yeah, he just did that. I've did done he? like core strength training, and like my core is pretty strong. And like being on a pole, me? being on a pole like that, being able to just move my legs and like hold them in position, like yeah. up at the one angle while jumping. Or like is already difficult enough. Just do like three or four oh, of those, yeah. and you'll be exhausted. Yeah. To do like three or four of those while like vaulting your body up a pole and then like maintaining, and that like I and just you're don't 53. even. Fifty three. Yeah, exactly. He's literally twice my age. He needs like, to do yes. Ninja Warrior. <laughs> yeah, I think that's oh, what there needs should to be happen. a celebrity Ninja right? Warrior. It'll just be Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise winning would, every time. He would so win. <laughs> that's a good idea. And then my second one was when Rebecca Ferguson. When Tom Cruise is underwater and yeah. he runs out of oxygen and she gets him. Because I feel, for me, it was very interesting how she was the villain and the hero. Like, she teetered the line so well yeah, yeah, yeah. of whose side she was on. Right. So it was like, okay, she saved him. And then, you, you know, a couple minutes later, she leaves. But it's like, it, it was yeah. very interesting. Like, oh, yes. And then it's like, oh. Yeah. My second fist pump, the, or I'm sorry, my second thesis, the one that I almost went with, is Rebecca Ferguson is the best part of this movie. She is. And I think she is. I actually think she's, she, her, she's better than any of the action, really. She's just, she's tough as nails. She's, yeah. She almost just steals the show completely. Well, she does. And the reason is not only because she's a complete stone cold fox and badass. Yeah. Like her moves, everything she does, like she's an incredible fighter. She knife fights that dude that's like, yeah, 10 feet tall. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she brings a level of honesty and sincerity and, she raises the stakes. She's yeah. the one character yeah. in this movie where you're like, are you going to die? Are you going to make it? Yeah. Like, I don't know that this guy, the Solomon guy, wants to kill you, clearly, but he's keeping you around long enough to do whatever, you know, whatever it is he needs from you. Right. Right. Um, 
she brings that heart. Now, I still feel like this movie is missing a soul a little bit. And I yeah. know that's like a weird thing to say. But she brings a lot of heart to this film, and it makes you really care and, and right. deeply invest in her character. And that's what I missed from four. Yeah. Well, she's like, she's kind of like mind screwing you too. Yeah. You don't yeah. you don't see bad. that in in a lot of the other ones, right? Yeah. You're like, who is she? What's her agenda, really? Yeah. You're trying exactly. To, like it makes you think in a way that's different from the previous women in these roles. I think. She's kind of like she's Anne also, Hathaway in Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. You know she, what I mean? oh, she's yeah, got the true. she's got the right eyes. For, for like deception, just the look, like yeah. spy deception. It's like they, it's you want to trust her. Beautifully cast, right. perfectly yeah. cast. Yeah. What's your fist pump? Uh, so my fist pump moment is a, it's a combination of two things, but it's in the same moment. It's the plane taking off. Yeah. The reason for me for that is because I'd watched so much about him doing this and prepping for it, and like just him being like, "No, let's do it. Five thousand feet in the air. Let's fine. Let's, yeah. let's do it." Eight takes? Yeah, we need to, we need seven? No, we need to do one more. It's not, it's not good enough. <laughs> let's do so. another one for safety. Let's, yeah. let's do another one for safety. <laughs> so that, but the reason that it was my fist pump moment is like, all the characters are there. It's like yeah. Simon Pegg is there, yeah. and then all of a sudden you hear that Luther's there, and yeah. then Brant's involved, and then out of nowhere comes Tom Cruise <laughs> running over the hill. Benji! You know, yeah. like, wearing his suit. He comes like, out of nowhere running yeah. in the suit, and you're like, ah, oh, he's the game, he's back together, and then he slides across the wing of the airplane. And like, no one knows that they're all supposed to be there, but Yeah, they're all there. It's a great it's, opener. Yeah. Right. I loved it. That that would have been my fist bump, that exact moment. Right. Because him coming out of nowhere, off screen, yes. running... <laughs> Like there's, you know, his Twitter. I've said this before. It's like it's like Tom Cruise, actor producer, running in movies since 1981. <laughs> That's what it says on his Twitter profile, and it's like he's totally in on the joke. So it's like he he knows, you know, in every single movie, Tom Cruise running, Tom Cruise on a motorcycle. It's practically yep. in the contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like just for him to come sprinting off screen in a suit, jumping on the airplane, and you're like, he's still got it. You're like, <laughs> yeah. it, it, I was totally with you. So my moment would have been that had we not been in the theater sitting next to a dad and his daughter and his daughter must she couldn't have been more than eight years old right and so like during the movie like she's in the row in front of him and she crawls over the the railing and she's like sitting in his lap and I'm kind of annoyed because she's you know she's talking and and, and talking during the scene and but whatever she stopped I kind of let it go in the scene where Cruz jumps, he jackknives into the water. Yeah. Right. And I'm totally like a little kid because I love Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible. And I'm watching. I'm so excited. And the little girl's like, she's like, she's like, how's he going to get out of it? Yeah. How's he going to get out of it? And and I just was like, I had this moment of just like what I would give to be eight years old again. That was us. Yeah. yeah. Watching, that was us watching watching an action movie. Yeah. And like this eight-year-old doesn't even understand how awesome it is that Tom Cruise is 53 and she's still completely invested in it. Yeah. Right. It's just, it's the same experience. It's a parallel experience. And I just was like, it just kind of, I put the smile on my face of like, man, that is so cool. That is so awesome that he's, and if Cruise like ever watches this clip talking about this, right. Like, you know what I mean? I think he would take some real, some real joy away from that. Absolutely. Yeah. Knowing that, knowing that like, that's like as a critic that I'm in in theater and that's like, that's the moment that stands out is an eight year old girl. Yeah. Respecting and appreciating you as an action yeah. superstar when you're in your fifties, right. yeah. Well, because he's timeless. Completely, he is. he's he super timeless. Doesn't age. Yeah. No, his demo. Everyone. I mean, now it's even more clear. We talked about it last week that you know our generation, our right. kids, everyone yeah. could like this. Even younger, eight years old to yeah. Like you, you got to. There's got to be the 50, 60, 70 year olds I mean, watching yeah. this movie too, being like, yeah, good on him for still having it at fifty three for us. You know, my mom is sixty seven years old and she still absolutely loves Tom Cruise. Right. I yeah. know she would love this movie. His hair is immaculate. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, the, the the movie obviously you know one of the box office did extremely well. Yeah. You've been paying right. attention. You guys all 
probably know that the movie was uh, highly successful. But uh, the the people that went and saw the movie, the major demographic were males, twenty five to forty. Yeah. Um, so that's I mean that's pretty indicative right there. Is is you have the eight year olds who saw Tom Cruise growing up that are now us. Yeah. And right. that's who's seeing the movie is people who are like. Yeah, I've come full circle on Cruise. We talked about this a little bit last week. Yeah. It's kind of like the Kobe Bryant effect. Right. The Tom Brady effect. Incidentally, three of my favorite people. Right. Um, that it's like these people that sort of, they stick, their greatness continues. They stick with the criticism and they kind of come full circle on right. the way that they were criticized their whole career and they just kind of maintain. Yeah. And in the latter half of that career, people finally are just like, I'm done criticizing. I have to respect you. I there's nothing else I can you, say. There's all I yeah. can do is just say like, you know what? I might have hated you for those few years for that ten years, but goddamn, you're great. You are awesome, and I have to just tip my hat to you. The worst thing I can do is just say I'm uninterested, but I can't criticize you anymore. Yeah, he's right. back. He's back on top. Seems yeah. like it. It's it's for it's sure. Done. Yeah, and let's get into his. Let's get into his. Let's breakdowns. get into star profiles. Yeah. yeah. So we uh, we did you know uh, Ghost Protocol last week, and if you guys are interested, you can check that review out. It should be on the Popcorn Talk playlist on YouTube. It's a great um, episode. And if you guys listen to audio, I'm not sure how many people listen to this audio, but I know we go out as an audio podcast. So please like leave us an iTunes review or tweet at us. Just let us know you're out there because I want to know. I'm curious. Yeah. Right. Uh, but. Uh, we did Ghost Protocol last week, and we kind of had talked about, like, leading up to Ghost Protocol, where his career was. He had kind of been in the tank for a few years. Mm-hmm. For about five years, he had really been struggling for any relevance. And he had a couple bright moments, but 2011, that was the first step in the sort of image rehabilitation. Right. Did, did a lot for his career. Yep. M- movie made a lot of money. It was very well received. I wouldn't say that he was back on top at that point. No. But it was kind of like a... It was the one success in an otherwise pretty... He got jump-started. It was yeah. the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Well, because if you look start. what happened right after, Jack Reacher 2012, mm-hmm. flop. Right. Nobody really saw it. But they're making another one for some for reason. For some reason. Yeah. Because it's Tom Cruise. Exactly. Oblivion 2013, I'll admit, one of the only Tom Cruise movies I've never seen. Yep. Uh, and as somebody who loves the guy and is an expert, I feel like I should have. I just, for whatever reason, I didn't want to see it. No, it was also a flop. Yep. Poorly reviewed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Edge of Tomorrow, which is an incredible movie, which we did on this show. It was the second episode. Loved it to death. Was critically a success, but financially, we can call it a flop. But yeah, it was not right. successful financially, especially yeah. not even on like a scale. Like it cost one hundred seventy-five million. It cost one hundred seventy-five million to make, and and I think it only grossed like hundred like, U.S. Like, yeah, it was, yeah, like, it was, it was like a little over two something, or like around three worldwide. Three yeah. worldwide, yeah, like yeah. three thirty. So I mean, it made money, but like, can you consider that much? Like, that's not what they're looking for. No, you don't put one hundred seventy-five million in a movie. You hope worldwide makes. Not even twice as much. Yeah. So you know, but it was, but it was critically well received, and people people paid attention. And mm-hmm. and I think when you talk to people about that movie, most people will say that movie is great. Yeah. It's a really good movie. So I think that was kind of on his way to to where he is now, which is this was a big make or break moment because this movie was supposed to open at forty million, yeah. but it opened at fifty six domestic, and it was supposed to open in, in December. December. But yeah. they were too worried about Spectre and Star Wars yeah. because they don't have enough faith in the brand still to hold up and maintain against those movies. Where where I feel like if it was just Spectre, like, yeah, the box office would be lower because, you know, right, everyone's right. splitting it. it. But competing against Star Wars is just a suicide. Star Wars 7 is going to yeah. break every record. It's Probably. Gonna, yeah. Probably. You've been waiting, sure. what, 30 years for another great Star Wars movie since the, the other ones that came out were just horrible? I think it's going to break the records, but I wonder if it's going to... Stand to the expectations, everybody. There's so many. I mean, Abrams is—he's like one of these people. He's kind of a golden boy, like what he touches. But that's, yeah. that's a subject for another time. I mean, I, I hope—I hope it's great. I—they showed the trailer for it before MI5, yeah, right. and I, I've seen the trailer like seven or eight times already. But watching it in IMAX was—I just 
I mean, you wa- you were walking in as it yeah. was on, and I was just gripping my hat, just like, ah, I'm losing, I'm just losing my mind. I just, it's so exciting. I cannot wait for those movies. Yeah. Home. Yeah. yeah. Great. But anyway, so yeah, in terms of Cruise and, and this last like sort of three or four years leading up to this, it has been pretty interesting. I mean, I've, I've, I've kept the faith, obviously, but the movies that we didn't list here that are right before this were like Night and Day, you had Lions Night for Lambs, yeah. you know, you had like... Rock of Ages, which she was in with Alec Baldwin. Yeah, I mean, just not particularly good movies. Yeah. Um, part of his career that was unceremonious, to say the least. But it looks like he's back on top in the next well, and few... This is the per- yeah, this is the perfect time for this movie to come out. Everyone's on board. Everyone loves Tom Cruise again. And then he's going to do this movie that's kind of like a re, not a, a reimagining of his career, but it's a yeah. different step in his career. You know, right. Mana. Oh, Mana, yeah. Doug yeah. Lyman's movie. Yeah, I'm excited for that one. I, I think it should be good. So yeah. um, now let's let's jump to the other side, Rebecca Ferguson. Yes. An actress who really leading up to this movie, I don't want to say no one knew who she was, but it, compared to Tom Cruise. But everyone knows her now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Complete badass in this movie. She She fits the bill perfectly as far as exotic mysterious not a girl a woman yes. that's that's like a right. that's a defining characteristic for the women, women in these movies yes exactly and strong yeah mentally and physically and you believe it fully you see her do things it's like emily blunt in in edge of tomorrow yeah know, you get the in charlie Theron and mad max you get these these female like superhumans, basically yeah. and it's completely believable and yeah. she totally kills it yeah, yeah, she I would does a great she's job. And she's vulnerable than any too. Of those two that you just mentioned. You know, I actually think so as well. Yeah, and I love Emily, Emily Blunt and Charlize. Edge. Yeah. But this, her, like, she stole the she stole the show. Yeah, she stole the show from Tom Cruise. Who does that? It's interesting that like he champions these women, right? Like his last two movies now have had two of the two of the female characters we would reference as two of the best in recent yeah. memory yeah. are both co-stars of Tom Cruise. You're and like, he picked her from, yeah. from watching the, the miniseries she was in. Yeah, from like, White I Queen. Want her. So let's talk about that. So so Hercules 2014, right, with with The Rock. Which is funny because I saw that movie and I, I mean, I only saw it once and yeah. I was like, whatever about it, but I don't remember her being in it. Yeah, I'd skip that one. I, I was going to say that too. It wasn't, it. it wasn't memorable. Yeah, yeah. Like, not at this. all. I was like, wait, how is... And I really wanted to see it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I skipped that one. Um, the White Queen, which was a Stars miniseries, uh, it looked kind of like a Stars Game of Thrones in some ways. The way oh, the trailer it. worked, I didn't, I didn't watch it, but I watched little bits and pieces of it online. Right. Um, that's what it kind of looked like. The way that all the verbiage and everything they were using, throwing around. Um, if you have seen it and I'm getting it wrong, please forgive me. I th- I'm not saying that I know exactly about about it, but I did try to read about it and, and understand it. But uh, I guess it was it was well received. It was critically right. well received, and that's that's how Cruz found out about her. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Because originally her role was supposed to be Jessica Chastain. That's who they wanted for this. And I was gonna, yeah. Ah. I love Jessica Chastain, Mm-mm. but the f- I, I lost a lot of respect for her. turning she, it down. Tur- yeah, because she didn't want to train for six months. Yeah, like really, you're, you're gonna like, turn down a Mission Impossible movie where you're the lead female. You're yeah. gonna be a complete badass. Wanted, yeah, but everything works out the way it's supposed to. Because oh, totally. I don't think she would have been as good as I don't either. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, and I'm a fan of her, yeah. but. You know, I feel like that was yeah. smart. Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah. I mean, I like Chastain a lot. I'm a huge fan. Um, I don't know. She wouldn't have held it like Rebecca did. Yeah, no. I don't. I, she just doesn't she's seem like she's strong. The correct. I just these yeah. women: Jessica Chastain, uh, Maggie Q, and Paula Patton. Yeah, and yeah. even uh, even the Brad Bird. Yeah. What are you doing? How do you turn this movie down? Yeah. All those people walked away from this movie for other projects. I don't even know what the the warns were for. I mean, other than Chastain. Yeah. But. Maggie Q and Paul Patton walked away for other projects. I have no idea what they are. And I get Brad Bird wanting to direct Tomorrowland, but I would have directed this over Tomorrowland. 
Yeah, I mean, especially with how mm. successful four was. I mean, yeah. you got to look at like from the point yeah, of view of sure uh, artistry. There's that whole like I want to be involved in this yeah, project. Yeah. So like Brad Bird is the, is the one where I'm a little less like he's little, like yeah he won Oscars for his animated movies and then right. he made Mission Impossible four and he kind of conquered that sort mm-hmm. of. And so he's like Tomorrowland is this project he really wanted to do because also as we mentioned last week, Brad Bird wanted to direct Star Wars seven. Yep. But he was like, I can't can't give up right. on Tomorrowland. I have to finish Tomorrowland. So he wouldn't step in to start. Which is so he was very attached to that movie. Clearly, uh, that yeah. was something that was important to him. Yeah, and it's like Steph said, it all worked out. Yeah, yeah. It was perfectly cast, directed. Everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the last movie here that is listed is this movie V, twenty thirteen, which I think is a German film, uh, German or Danish film, and it's co-starring uh, Stellan Skarsgård's son uh, alongside Rebecca Ferguson. Mm-hmm. But not particularly well reviewed. It, it's not. Didn't haven't even heard of it. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so so her, I mean, really compared to like. The, the other people in question compared to say Jessica Chastain I mean Rebecca Ferguson was just just plucked yeah for this movie because of Cruz because of Cruz yeah, yeah. it's just amazing that he's that involved yeah you know and not even that he's that involved like a lot of actors want to be that involved and they don't make correct choices and they should let people yeah. other people like casting right, and stuff do, their do it job. exactly yeah. but he does it so well yeah I mean he's just super involved in this project like, and he just I mean obviously being a, a major producer yeah um, but he knows he knows who plays well with him yeah right. know, he's been doing this long enough right Absolutely. So we, let's talk a little bit about production development, how this movie got made. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's pretty much the same team behind it as Mission Impossible mm-hmm. 4, for the most part. And Mission Impossible 6 was greenlit by Paramount. Uh, that's going to be coming out. They're saying it might even start filming as soon as early next year. So same production team, same deal. You have J.J. Abrams, his producing partner, Brian Burke, Tom Cruise, David Ellison, who is Skydance Productions, right. 33-year-old kid, son of an oil right. billionaire. Um, it's the same team, and I think the same team will be doing six. Uh, can yeah. I interrupt real quick? Yeah, please. Because we we uh, we were watching an interview um, on a UK like online show uh, with Peg and Ferguson and uh, Macquarie and Cruz, and this is more to the audience. Um, it's kind of a question to you guys because we were kind of in the dark about this and we weren't able to find out a lot about it online. During the interview, Tom Cruise talks about how Macquarie wrote Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol, mm-hmm. but he has no writing credits for it. It's nowhere on any of their Wikipedia's, IMDb's, on the internet anywhere. So if any of you guys know about this at all, please comment or let us know or tweet at us, whatever it is, so that we can kind of get to the bottom of this. Because I want to know why Cruz would say that McQuarrie wrote a movie that he didn't. Also, Tom Cruise is so involved and he wouldn't make that mistake, I don't think. Agreed. And, and well, yeah. the weird thing was, prior to that, it, we were sort of like, did we talk about McQuarrie writing four last week? I was like, yeah, he, right. I was like, yeah, he wrote four. And you were like... Okay, then like, you were like, wait, no, no, he didn't. It wasn't on a breakdown. You're like, no, no, it's, he's not listed here. And then we turn the interview on, and the first thing, the first question yeah. Cruz says is, yeah, and Chris, you know, wrote four. So that's very weird. It's definitely, a, it's confusing. Very confusing. Um, yeah. But nonetheless, uh, Christopher McQuarrie was very involved in this film, obviously, mm-hmm. as right. the director. Uh, he also wrote it. And uh, for those of you who don't know McQuarrie's story, he's actually one of the really interesting ones. Um, you know, Christopher McQuarrie was made famous by writing... The Usual Suspects in 1995. He won the Oscar for Best Original Screenplay. Yeah, that's that was his calling card, right? His claim to fame as a young mm-hmm. guy in Hollywood. Now, a few years later, after you know working on various projects with Brian Singer, um, I b- believe he wrote Apt Pupil. I want to say um, I could be making that up, but he wrote and directed The Way of the Gun in 2000. Mm-hmm. Right. Del Toro, Ryan Phillippe, very like at the time, extremely hot actors. The movie is kind of a cult classic in some ways. I know a lot of people that like The Way of the Gun. It's a, like a big, like a crimey sort of big, you know, I don't think it's a heist film. I, I remember seeing it years ago, but I don't remember much about it. But 
after 2000, Macquarie's career kind of tanked. Yeah. So that I don't think that movie made any money, and he's he's involved in a few projects, but between 2000 and 2008, Macquarie has almost no credits. He's basically the guy that wrote Usual Suspects, tanked with the way of the gun, and then doesn't have anything. Now, if there's something has, going on, he has no credits, credits at all. No. If there's anything in his personal life going on that I'm unaware of, I mean, please forgive me. I, obviously, we do our research on the show, but like, I'm not a Christopher Macquarie expert. Right. I go basically off of professional. But I would go as far as to say Tom Cruise saved his career. It, it appears well, to be that way. It's clear there's some sort of relationship there, yeah. Yeah, because that Cruz had some, you know, for some reason, wanted this guy. Well, Tom Cruise, everybody knows this, is an enormous movie fan. He's mm-hmm. like one of the biggest. He's got a theater in his house, and he claims to watch a movie a day, and has for years. Um, pretty much when in interviews, when they say, "What do you watch?" and he says, "Well, I I watch everything." Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I see all the movies that come out, and I have a huge collection of classics, right. and so. I would not be surprised if Tom Cruise was a massive fan of The Usual Suspects. Yeah, I mean, it's, how could you not be? People love that film. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sure when he met Chris, was probably like, let's do, let's work together. You know, let's work on something. I'm a big fan of your films, or at least you're one. And so Valkyrie in 2008 was the, was the first one that he wrote for Cruise. He ended up also writing a, apparently Ghost Protocol, as well as writing and directing Jack Reacher in 2012. Yep. Uh, and also writing or po- co-writing Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. Um, so he is heavily involved with Cruise creatively, which is, I think, after Brad Bird turned down this film, why McCory was was put in to replace him as the director. Yeah. Hmm. And I think he did, uh, again, last week, you, I talked about it a lot. Um, I think McCory did a much better job than Bird did. It's a yeah, very different style true. of directing. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, this movie had more heart to it. Well, it's funny too, right? Because last week you talked about how each of the Mission Impossible films reflects their director so completely. Yep, they does. they all feel so much like the guy, and so this one felt so much more like a tightly wound espionage spy thriller. Thriller, uh, yeah. There was actually a thriller aspect to this movie where that right. was gone in four for me. It was just a fun action. Totally, movie. A, t- a tremendous amount of uh, of exposition and those conversations about this prime minister and this covert operation right, right. and uh, the CIA being aware of you know what I mean, the syndicate and all this stuff like. It's sort of the kind of thing where if this wasn't a Mission Impossible movie, you know that Macquarie is like this very evolved writer, so this could have been just a spy movie without crazy stunts, you know, but you just like put all the stunts in because it's a Mission Impossible movie. But it's interesting because you could feel that, I felt anyway, in the style of direction. Oh, yeah. He was far more focused on it as a spy movie. 100%. Yeah, yeah. So that was, that was pretty interesting. So you have, that's Macquarie's story, uh, pretty much the same producers. And then other than that, I mean, the information that's out there on how this movie was made is sparse, to be, to say the least. Which uh, is surprising for a movie of this scale. Yeah, you know? agreed, agreed. It's, it was kept pretty much under wraps. We couldn't find a shooting script. The production notes were not easy to track down. Um, you know, as far as the film being, you know, film began August 21st in Vienna, Austria, concluded March 12th, 2015. You know, Paramount released the movie this summer. There's another one coming. In terms of, like, most of the accounts were, like, Cruz was seen filming this scene in this right, place. driving here and jumping off this there. Yeah, right. you know what I mean? Various people were confirmed to be involved, but, like, wasn't heavily publicized. Now, some of the things that are publicized are the stunts. Those are yeah. That's the major stuff that's out there. Um, and we can, we can kind of get into some of that here. So that, like, the major three stunt pieces, four, I guess, there's four major stunt pieces in the film, right? Yeah. 
There's the opera house with mm-hmm. the fight on the like the scaffolding inside, mm-hmm. which is amazing. Yeah, which was, was awesome. a great fight. Just and like a good old classic. Yeah, it was a good old classic, and it had the comedic relief in it from hit, like Simon Pegg hitting the switchboard and it like moving. Right, you know, like right, it right. had an element yeah. that's kind of somewhat sometimes different yeah. in fight scenes, uh-huh. which yeah. I really really enjoyed. That scene. It, it was great. The whole thing. Yeah. Like, it was very tense. You didn't know what was going to happen. Classic Mission Impossible. And I loved that he shot the Prime Minister in the arm. Or, yeah. Uh, or the, uh, was it the Austrian something? Yeah. yeah. But he shot him in the arm, and I was like, genius. The that is the best the ch- it was, thing you could have done. It really was. Because you didn't know. You're like, where is he going to go? Right. Where yeah. is he going to go? And then you're like, oh, yeah, that's the smart choice. Of course. And yeah. I thought he was going between the, the gunman in the booth yeah. and Rebecca Ferguson. Because it doesn't actually show who he's ever aiming at. Yeah, it just goes. He's just like up and down, up and down. I think he was. Yeah, I think me he, too. he was going between cut. the two, and then he was like, "Wait, both of them are gonna hit, so yeah. I gotta hit him and move him." Brilliant. What do you do? Shoot the hostage. Shoot yeah, the hostage. shoot the hostage. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's, uh, that's a bit rough. So that's speed, by the way, yeah. guys. Yeah. Uh, no, so, so it's one. Yeah, yeah. So that's one. I would say two is obviously the airplane. Um, yes. Yeah. Absurd. Um, three would be probably the uh, the underwater sequence. Yes. Right. Uh, and then four would obviously be the car chase. I guess you could say five would be like the the fight at the beginning, but that's like just we had talked about the shimmy move. It's really those four. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But so some. So I mean, some of the things that were publicized heavily, as we said, Tom Cruise shot the Tom Cruise shot the airplane takeoff. Eight times in a row at five thousand feet. At five thousand feet, there's like a whole. He would like get to the high altitude, and then he would climb inside the airplane. Uh, and and this was like a. He says like he was scared out of his mind. Yeah. He couldn't sleep the night before. All this stuff. Uh, as far as the underwater stuff, he trained with an expert for months and months and months to be able to hold his breath underwater for six plus minutes. So that shot in the film, the underwater stuff, is executed in one take. That's 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 insane. It's insane. It's mind blowing. Like you don't even need to do that. No, but you do it, and it's so much better. Yeah, it's like that's 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 him to a T. To you a don't need to do that. this, but if you do it, it'll be so much better. But you know what? Honestly, with this day and age, we as a viewer probably could not tell. Yeah. If it was, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, totally. Like, we would not have been able to tell at all if they did three takes, if there's someone right next to him with oxygen right. that he breaks and does oxygen, goes back into the scene with editing and stuff. So the fact that he wanted to keep that integrity yeah. of the stunt is beyond, like, beyond respect for yeah, him. Yeah, everything. It's beyond. No, it's it's crazy. It's because, as, as we're talking about, like, with the airplane, for instance, it's like... You, you could don't CGI need to do that. that up yeah. so easily, like easy. so easy. We just never, have him hanging on something. The I'm just question. a huge fan. Yeah. I have a question though. Would we love these movies the way that we do if he didn't do the scenes? No, it's I hard to so. say because I feel like not that it's a PR stunt. You know, right? It is a PR stunt. It definitely is, right. but. You also there's this but authenticity the, to it, and you yeah. can that's see what it. it is. It's you can the authenticity. see it when yeah. you're watching the movie, just like when he's on the Burj Khalifa. You know he's up there. You can yeah. tell. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Do you think it's more of a PR stunt that he thinks it'll sell more movies? Do you, I tend to think Tom Cruise just is that genuine, and he just wants it to be that real. Well, he's he's genuine incarnate. I mean, he's like, he's like, he's basically the, he's, his aggressive sincerity is his greatest quality. But, right. Know, but I mean, there, there's a, Grantland did a wonderful whole week this last week of Tom Cruise week, and they had like one or two articles written daily. It was the greatest week in Ben's life. It, well, it was way. just, it's awesome because I love intellectualizing this sort of thing. And obviously, we have funny conversations about it. But I do find, somebody asked me last week, why do you love Tom Cruise so much? And I was trying to explain to them the sort of like depth of icon that you're dealing with when you talk about somebody like, 
there's almost no one you can think of really in my lifetime that I've actually paid attention to their career that had this, there's like so much depth to it. I mean, the, right. <clears throat> so impactful. It's so important to so many people, right? So the articles that, that were on Grantland, and I recommend anybody interested in Tom Cruise's career, like on a real artistry level to go read them. They talk about the, the phases of his career and the Oscar phase versus the phase we're in now. And I reference this because of the, the discussion about the stunts, right? Right. Like, that's sort of who he is right now. It's yeah. like Tom Cruise action star. And the heavil, heavily just publicized discussion of him doing his own stunts, that's kind of the brand right now. Is like, right. that's what he is. He's not, you look at, at 1988 to two, like 2000, 2000 basically. He was nominated for three Oscars in that time. Yep. And he was taking risks. He was doing everything in his power to, like, push. He had just come off of starring, uh, co-starring alongside Paul Newman and Dustin Hoffman in Color of Money and Rain Man, wow. both of whom won Best Actor, yep. you know, with his support. Then, 88, he gets his first nomination for Born on the Fourth of July. So now mm-hmm. he's young guy who loses that Oscar to Daniel Day-Lewis for My Left Foot. He's this young guy. He's 28 or 29, and he's really trying. To, and no, nobody thought he was going to win that one, but he was great. But he's trying so hard. You could and see him acting. the people he's lost right. to, is, they, I mean, they're some yeah. of the greatest Legends. out there. Legends, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so mid-90s, right? He's he's doing his thing. He's, he's making... He's he's trying to be in films that are right like a few good men, and, and he's, he's right. in... Um, great film. Yeah, yeah, Interview with a Vampire. You know, these are... You know, far and away, he's he's trying all these different kinds of movies, right? Mission Impossible One comes out basically the same year as Jerry Maguire. Right. Jerry Maguire, right? He loses to Jeffrey Rush that year. Jeffrey Rush wins for Shine. So again, like Jerry Maguire is almost like that's the ultimate Tom Cruise role. That like, is the ultimate. I, I we've talked about this, yeah. and audience, please chime in if you think you know what your favorite Tom Cruise role is, or the most cruisiest of Cruise, the, <laughs> the role that epitomizes yeah, who he different. is. Yeah, but I mean that's that's what you talk about the aggressive sincerity. Yeah, that's yeah. the and and this is this article was great, but like they just talk about sort of that character reflects who Tom Cruise wanted to be at that time so much. Mm-hmm. Right. He's this slick, he's this slick guy. He's right. such a winner, but he wants you to love him so much. And he ultimately he's just he's he's trying he's trying to show you how vulnerable he is yeah. the whole time he's in that role, which is why I feel like yeah, he gets it's, he gets shorthanded a little bit. It's you know? just the ultimate cruise move, right? You can but see was, the gears, but you're impressed totally by the gears. It, but I feel like it's more impressing now, though. Like his character, even in this film, his character that he's that old, he's that disciplined, yeah. he's that on point, and he wants to be that genuine. And his delivery, he's charming, he's charismatic. Like he now has yeah. way more of a spectrum. Right. Well, so think about after McGuire, what happens, right? The next few years is he gives himself to Stanley Kubrick in in uh, Eyes, Wide Eyes Wide Shut, right? Right. And he gives himself to Paul Thomas Anderson in Magnolia, which is by far his darkest role, right? Yeah. yeah. Cameron Crowe for Vanilla Sky. He he loses again for his Oscar nomination that he gets for, uh, for Magnolia. Magnolia. Yeah. He doesn't win it, but he goes to this dark place where he's. Not right. at all doing what you expect from Tom Cruise. I he, mean, he's, yeah, he's what he's like the the Jekyll version of Tom Cruise in the right. movie. He's like and, charismatic, but it's fake, and it's filled with like there's so much anger behind it. But it is too. Again, it, it's the roller coaster of the like what he's played, and I feel like again now more than ever he's found like I'm the I'm the action guy. Yeah, but so yeah. check this out. So this is so then you look at Magnolia and you say okay that's the last great one right a few years later and that's when that's when that great stretch happened of like Minority Report Last Samurai right, yep. right. Collateral's 04 that's a great role that's a again that's playing against type for him but that's the last time because after that 
he basically becomes Tom Cruise action star. Yep. He right. tried a few times. Valkyrie was interesting, right? Like like Les Grossman and right. Tropic Thunder is interesting, but he's really that like that like I'm gonna try to win an Oscar and be taken seriously as an actor is behind him. He doesn't do it anymore. Well, it, but it might be coming back around. I hope it does. I do too. Well, but, and that's kind of, you know, the beauty of it is that once he kind of lets that go and finds exactly what he's really good at, now he's going to get another role where he actually might get it. Like sometimes exactly. it's almost forced and yeah. it's not who he was, yeah, so I mean, to speak. Maybe I mean, all he's that always was... amazing. I'm not trying to say yeah, that, totally. but you know. Yeah. Maybe all that came too soon though in his career. Exactly. And maybe now that he's Or they were older, pushing for it. Yeah. But, because uh, we've, we, I, Cannot wait to see older Tom Cruise be dramatic. Oh, God, I can't yeah. wait. Yeah. I have so much faith. I can't wait to see older Tom Cruise continue to make Mission Impossible movies, too. <laughs> right. I mean... He's going to grow two more abs for the next yeah. one. <laughs> oh, my hey God. Hey, guys, thanks for joining us on the Tom Cruise Hour here at Popcorn Time. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Andrew and I were like, Andrew, like, we're just going to keep doing the show. And by the end, by the episode 25, our fans are just going to be like, these jackasses that just sit there and just talk about Tom Cruise. It's all they ever do. They just love Tom Cruise. Yeah. I mean, there's not... Tom Cruise as an actor, there's not a a lot to not love. I mean, everyone has their personal opinions about his life and whatever. But as far as what he brings to the table in his movies, I feel like there's not much. Again, like you said earlier, it's one of the greats you can like, you can hate. But at the end of the day, you have to respect. Absolutely. All right. So let's uh, let's move on. Yeah. Let's move on to. We uh, have to. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let's move on to some critical and box office. So the box office on this is a quick is a quick bit, and we can kind of put. Actually, you know what? You know what? I do. Before we get into the critical and box office, I do want to talk about something. Because we talked about this film right. and what was sort of missing, the heart, right? Right. Um, See, I am so not, like, I don't agree with that at all. Well, okay, soul. Soul. It's got heart. This is, this <laughs> well, is, this you, is the deal. I feel like every time I've guested with you, 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 there's soul missing in at these action movies. So what would you, like, I want to understand, what what's an action movie that you think that has lots of soul? I mean, even The Rock. Even Hummel, his sincerity, and, that, yeah. and you know what? And we have a clip here, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about. I don't know if we're gonna show it right now. Do we do it now like, or not? Yeah, yeah. I, I want to cue this because this is yeah. to, this is to me the proof. Like this is the proof example. Is in the pudding. This is the opening scene of Mission Impossible Three. The opening scene. And Mission Impossible Three is my favorite of the Mission Impossible. Did films. that have soul for you guys? This yes. Mission Impossible Three. All right, here we go. Okay. This I know it did. Is but. insane. Like, you want to just watch it? I want to watch it. Yeah. I will fix it. I can get it. Whatever you want. Whatever you want, I can get it. Basic. It's a basic acting exercise. Yeah. It's it's. I'm. You have to convince me to not do the thing I'm going to do. Do everything you can. Right. That's um. And PSH is the best villain in this franchise by yeah. a mile. Oh, absolutely. Oh yeah. Well, it's funny that his little co-host is the guy who's in Ray Donovan, which All Katie right. Holmes is in now. Oh, She's interesting. Terrible. Hmm. All right. I'll give you a I know where the rabbit's. I know. Yeah. I could help you. Like you know, plan the airplane that way. His lazy delivery is so perfect. So love is what's missing. Yes. Yeah, and, and love, soul. sure. Yeah. But they're action movies. But that's yeah, what we're Paris. talking about. Yes. Well, like, but that's love is Paris. different than Five soul. Now I understand what you mean. I was like, but what even, do you mean by that? There's just, I mean, I guess love is, is a way to like simplify it. Yeah. But there's no scene. It's startling. There's nothing in five. There's nothing, nothing in, in five. any of them. That's anywhere near the, the emotional impact of there's the scene. There's nothing in any of them exactly. that's emotionally. But that's when... I'm going to kill you. I swear to God, I'm going to kill you. 
But then it's different emotions that you feel. Like this feeling you feel is because there's love and it's that angst of loss. Right. But in five, there's confusion, there's deception, there's definitely different feelings. So to say it has no soul for me is little no, no. Bit. It's, it's not no soul. It's that it's Nine. that it's that you see five and you're like, this is so good. You're like, but what if you just took five and you put a little bit more of this in it, like intensity, like this? Mind blowing. It would be insanity. You like, gotta do the right thing. You gotta do what's right. Oh god, you gotta do what's right. No. You know what's right. No. 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 God, it's good. It's exactly, and that's where, like, and I, I. I do I agree that it. love you is important. You see tears. I think you that's see what tears. it is. And there's this So it's, emotional... it's he doesn't have the emotional connection, or does it make you not emotionally, collect, emotionally okay, so, connect? I mean, Sean Harris did a good job in this. Yeah. He was all right. Yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch was going to be the original. Yeah. Uh, oh, that would have been good, too. Which I think would have been great. But yeah. And I talk about this all the time. The great villains make great movies. Um, there's nothing with that much, like that much at stake, other than like a little bit with Rebecca Ferguson's character, and that's why we well, think and that when she's... Benji was gonna blow up. Come yeah, on, no, that was that, yeah, that, that was, was good. good. And I noticed that. I noticed that right. in that moment of like, okay, there's there's real stakes here. He loves this guy, and he, they had the yeah. look of fear in his fear, face. Yeah. Maybe crying. that was their like throwback to three. It was close. It was close. It was good. Yeah, yeah. It was. But the, my point is, that's why this movie to me is like super awesome. But like there was this like very important two percent missing that was like it's not, it's not like it makes it anything less than like a great action film because mm-hmm. on the basis of pure action I don't think I can think of a better action movie than this. No, but I wonder I wonder if it has anything to do with the fact that three is the only one where he actually has a love interest and because three didn't do well and wasn't received well even though it's one of our favorites yeah. maybe they were yeah. like okay maybe this isn't the way to go maybe that was a gamble yeah it could be thought, too much for the for the general audience I wouldn't be surprised what they yeah. want out yeah. of these movies yeah right I wouldn't be surprised so let's okay. now now. Let's officially move into critical and box office. Yes. Um, so oh, box office. Yeah, I know. So box office on this one is is brief because it's obviously just came out. It, right. it made sixty two million dollars domestic, uh, and it made another like sixty three or something like that over the weekend. Yeah, it's international like one twenty seven. Yeah. Now I think so. It, it cost one fifty. So in the first week, if they can make their money back. I think they'll be pretty happy about that. Yeah. Uh, this will go. I believe this will go down as the highest grossing film of Cruz's career. Um, probably. I mean, mm-hmm. depending. You, you never know because Mission Impossible Four made quite a bit of money. Right. We got the we got the gra- or the chart here of his yeah. of his career highest grossing worldwide unadjusted. So which is obviously it was a little bit skewed because like uh, you know Mission Impossible Two is still number three. Right. But that was fifteen years ago, and that still had the biggest opening. And Mission yeah. Impossible. Three is that what you just said? Mission Impossible Three is still the worst grossing yeah. out of all the Mission Impossibles, which yep. is insane to me. Yeah, because, and it even does have that. So, but again, so do you think when you say that this one will you think will be the highest? Do you think they'll even continue to get better though, or do you think maybe. that it's peaking? Uh, you never know. I mean, you would never have expected that four and five after the the, the, the drop on three and then the amount of time right. it was between. You would never really think that he would be able to bring the franchise back. It's sort of miraculous that they have. It's Tom Cruise. I yeah. think if they do a sixth movie within the next four years, like yeah. if it's three years away, three or four, yeah. I think it'll. I think it could make more money. Yeah, right. probably. I mean, because because four and five were so successful yeah. and five was reviewed so well. I want to see six already. Yeah, I, mean, I yeah. want to see, see it, it now. Yeah. You know, yeah. 
Yeah, completely. That'd be interesting if they start doing movies like that on Netflix. He started. Watch a bunch. Oh yeah. He started talking about Edge of Tomorrow too. Also, I heard. Oh, wow. oh really? Movie, which is a weird idea. I don't know how you would make that movie again. I don't like that idea at no. all. And I love yeah. that movie because that movie's just so unique. But anyway, uh, yeah. This so this movie did pretty well, very well so far. Paramount, hundred fifty million dollar budget, uh, took in fifty six domestic. It's opening weekend, another sixty five foreign. As you said, it's at one twenty seven now. Mm-hmm. Um, second highest opening for Mission Impossible film behind the fifty seven point six. Just barely missed MIT. It's just so crazy that two, and and, you, and also if you adjusted that for inflation now, it'd be even bigger. It'd yeah, be a bigger gap. Right. Well, that's also you know you talk about like John Woo in the nineties, and well, I was going to say you talk about that Oscar period where he Tom Cruise was managing to. It's not like he was just doing Oscar movies. Yeah. He was obviously balancing doing Mission Impossible the same year as Jerry Maguire. So when that movie came out. It was after 12 years of Cruz gunning for an Oscar, being the guy. Yeah. Because what follows after Mission Impossible 2 is, yeah, as we said, that stretch with Minority Report, The Last Samurai, Collateral, War of the Worlds. Like, great. Just a huge stretch of in massive movies that made a ton of money and were extremely well-reviewed. So right. he was at his peak, really. Yeah. You know, like, like, like peak popularity of Tom Cruise has to be, like, 90, 98, 99 through, like, 05, 06. Yeah, I have a question for you guys. You might not know the answer. I don't know that I know the answer. When they do these sheets, like these, um, you know, income and stuff like that, does this have to do with the movie tickets? Like, you know, we've seen a jump in movie ticket sales, or is this just the percentage of that that goes to the movie? You know what I mean? Like, how does that calculate that a movie ticket in the eighties cost five dollars now? Right. Yeah, you're 20. talking about adjusted. You you can yeah. also pull the adjusted. Oh, okay, um, it yeah. does have that. I don't like okay. pulling the adjusted. I prefer the the worldwide unadjusted, um, just because I, I in my mind it's like easier. It's like uh, okay, yeah, if a movie came out thirty years ago, obviously it's going to be lower, but right. just. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean they do yeah. have they do have the adjustment for ticket price inflation and all that, and it is it is interesting to look at. It does, yeah. you know, it yeah. doubles some of the movies that were made in the nineties, like their budget. I mean, that their yeah. their budget and their what the tickets cost. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. My I mean, my thing is just like when you you look at like the shift. You can talk about inflation, but you also have to think about like digital and like video on demand. That's right. what I'm saying. And, and the shifts and stuff. So I I feel like I prefer to go with the real numbers. Yeah, and just I kind feel of, like it keeps it clean. But, uh, you know, I was just curious. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they also like there's more th- they open in more theaters now. So that's yeah. like another thing that's unfair in the favor of modern movies. Right. This had this opened in, in almost just shy of 4000 theaters. Right. Um, so it's pretty nuts. That but, seems uh, like a little bit. Yeah, it does. It doesn't seem like a, that big of a number. I mean, it's when a lot. Think yeah. about it, but, but it is. Think, yeah, yeah, totally. That's it's insane. all over the world. You're like only 4000 theaters all over yeah. the world. But yeah. So, uh, yeah, so let's talk Critical. This movie was the best-reviewed Mission Impossible movie. Crazy, right? At this point, after all the reviews came out, Top Critics still give it a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. The audience score is 92%, which is hilarious. That never happens. Never happens that the audience on an action movie is lower than the Top Critics. You know what what I wanted to say? Or is this good? That I haven't seen it happen a lot. When I, I went to the press screening and... Usually at the press screening, I have to admit, there's not that much enthusiasm. People were laughing out loud, and people clapped at the end of this. Really? Which was very unique for this kind of... You know, I've seen a lot of movies that evoke emotion and right. it was really int- like it was like you felt like you were in the theater it was pretty awesome so it was definitely well received yeah I mean 100% like it's it it's it's shocking I mean yeah. we talked about it. it was projected I read an article the week before this came out saying we expect this to make 40 million dollars opening weekend which should be a little bit of a disappointment right we expect the movie to be good but right. like there was a lot of cynical critics that were like the people don't really care that much and I think it's crazy when you just see People want to like this movie. They do. Right. That's what. That's what's fascinating about this is like, you have these heroes in your culture that are these 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 freaking icons. Where it's like, 
people want to like greatness. It's like you want to like Kobe. You don't want to hate Kobe. You yeah. want to like him. It sucks when you dislike him. But at the end of the day, it's like you want Tom Cruise to be on top. It's not fun to watch like the heroes die. Right. So it's way better if this movie does well. And I think it's like you look at a movie like Three. At the time Three came out, mm-hmm. people didn't want to like Tom Cruise at that moment. Right. Which is why Three did so poorly. It's why it was reviewed poorly, even though it's actually a very good movie. Right. So that's why Top Critics giving it a 95% is not as surprising to me. You know? Yeah. Kind of makes sense. Right. I mean, what Christopher Orr from The Atlantic said was it kind of like encapsulated how I felt about this. And, uh, right. You don't overcome the impossible, in quotes, by thinking it over a little more carefully. You overcome it through the application of sheer, unvarnished willpower, a quality that Cruz has always possessed in abundance. Yeah. It's yeah. A, that's, that's like great. exactly what this oh, movie is. Oh, give me is. the chills again. Yeah, right? Like, that's it's just... Whole... It's perfect. Yeah. It's because he cares and he tries so hard that you just you can't help but love it. It has an 8.0 on IMDb. <laughs> we had Andrew and I have been discussing this for the longest time on this and we talk about it every week on the show, the relevance of the IMDb top 250. And I I strongly argue against it. I think it's a, a stupid list. But it's basically a movie has to finish with a high enough rating out of 10 to make that top 250. 8.1 is like the baseline to make the top 250. Yeah, it's like what 250 is. Yeah. yeah. So, so this has an 8.0. This is like so basically this didn't is make the cut. Currently somewhere yeah, but currently this sits probably somewhere in the like 350 range or something. So, so would you call this movie one of the best 250 movies of all time? No. Exactly. No. Which is why it's got an 8.0. Uh, <laughs> but uh Oh, look at that. Look. I hate that list yeah, so he much. Does. He does. Um, anyway, it's, yeah, I mean, as far as how it's reviewed, I mean, it's being reviewed currently. We've just sat here. It was hard much. to find a bad review for this movie. Does that 8.0, is it right? Is it just once right after? Or does it depend on how much money it eventually, like, does that number change? Like, in a it week changes, from now, it's after from... it's maybe the highest grossing of all Tom Cruise movies, will that 8.0 go well, up the, or no? It, the, it'll... the finances won't play a part, but it's, yeah. it's, oh, okay. it's based on number of reviews by, by people that think they know how to talk about movies. That's not entirely true. <laughs> no. There's an algorithm yeah, yeah. behind it's, it. We had a, we it's had people, someone comment it's critics on and it. people. And yeah. they, and that there's an amalgamation of those two numbers right. to make the, to make the total. So if and, someone was having a bad day and pissed off when they went to go see this exactly. movie, it can affect its rank. Yeah, but, but, but it also, Algorithm, but there's also like it, the more people to review it, obviously it averages together. Right, right, so yeah. like it, it, the ratings that movies get on IMDb is not really my quarrel. Like I think that's smart. Mm-hmm. It's just like you thinking about like when movies came out and all that sort of thing. It's very very difficult to make a top 250 list in any context. It's yeah, a very hard absolutely. list to make. I can't even list yeah. my five favorite movies. Yeah, I would like go to war in my brain over picking five movies. Yeah, you know, so. it's difficult. So it is. But anyway, this movie is extremely well reviewed. It, it will continue to change, obviously, as we right. go forward. I actually had this feeling when I watched this, which is common, which is like the my expectation is so high, and I'm so excited for this mm-hmm. movie that I actually think I'm going to enjoy it more the second time. Like after after it's calmed down. Like if yeah. I watch it again in a few months on video, I have a feeling I'll like it even oh, more. Oh god, I can't wait to watch this at home. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, we have a, a friend of ours that said that he fell asleep in this movie. He said he fell asleep and that Alec Baldwin just said the same thing over and over and over and it killed it for him. First of all, Alec Baldwin has about 10 minutes of screen time in a two-hour movie. And if you fell asleep during this movie... You must have been blackout drunk. Yeah. Like, how do you All fall right. asleep? Let's, let's, you got to be both. Let's, 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 let's move away from criticizing our friend. No, it's not criticizing <laughs> our friend. It, it's talking about... We're, we're talking about critical reception right now, right? Yeah. We're talking about people that watch the movie. Right, right. So that's what I'm doing. Oh. As I'm talking about how yeah. is it possible for someone to say that yeah, about I, this movie? It makes zero sense. Yeah. I've I actually don't... seen it twice. Yeah. 
So, and I liked it for better the first time. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was, I was thinking more like, I think in time, like uh, when I watch it and I'm expecting less from it, like I liked four better the second right. time. Four the first time was like, this is awesome, yeah. but, but it was lacking soul. It felt better the second time. Well, it's very interesting because if we think about it, I watched them all again last week. So I watched one, two, five, three, four. Okay. So that's maybe why when I first saw five, I was like, this is the best one ever, blowing right, everything you just seen away. One and two recently. Then I yeah. saw three and was like, this one's great too. Yeah, and so then good. I saw four and I was like, mm, which is your favorite? The other two. Which is the best? I think five and three are pretty close. close. The one thing about three, and, and we should definitely get into ultimate action scene here because it's yeah. a sweet one to talk about. Yeah. I mean, again, yeah, there's not that much info, but the one thing about three is that we showed the one scene. The other scene in three that's so badass is the bridge scene where it's got uh, that stunt. Yeah, it's yeah. got the stunt from the trailer where he gets out from under the car while the missile is headed towards the bridge uh-huh. yeah. and he's running. The missile hits the bridge. Yeah. He gets thrown sideways into the car and he gets up all dazed and the drone then flies over his head. Yeah. And that's like the other shot from that movie that I remember. So you like, it's not the same kind of action where he's like climbing a building right. or like yeah. flying on it a plane. It just feels more real. It's like and the practical Carrie, the action. Russell right. scene. Yeah. I saving her and then her like, her brain chip going off. Yeah. Her eye like rolling. It's like, oh, that was it was just... <sighs> Yeah. It was dark and it was real. Yeah, movies. Yeah. Yeah. That's sweet. All right, so the ultimate action scene in this movie, I think we all can agree, was the motorcycle chase, right? So sick. Yeah, I mean, I love the underwater stuff, but the motorcycle chase was so baller. It was just and unbelievable. Please, for our audience, what did the stunt coordinator say about oh, yeah. who's going to be driving? <laughs> so, so bad. <laughs> I know. So, so awesome. Yeah. I love the Simon Pegg's like, oh, Cruz is going to be driving the car, really? And he's like, why? And he's like, because we don't have anybody who can drive better than Tom Cruise. Right. Like, he's the best driver we've got. Tom Cruise is the best yeah. stunt driver we have. What? Yeah, and, and that's why, again, we talk about this. We talk about this in the building and the, the plane and the water. Yeah. It's so real yeah. in this car chase scene. The like cockpit stuff like in, inside the yeah, car. Yeah, and, and you yeah. see Simon Pegg because he's actually in there too yeah. while Tom Cruise is driving. Like, you're like, okay, we just act together, dude. My life is in your hands yeah. now. You're going to do, like, 360 spins with motorcycles and that, e-brakes. And, and when he was in the the corridor, or yeah. whatever you want to call it, and he yeah. hits the e-brake oh, and takes sh- out all the oh bikes. My oh, my God. That was almost a fist bump move. Uh, it was. Oh, scene too. Yeah. It was Simon so Pegg's face. Yeah. He's just like, ah! Like, it's real. That was, yeah, yeah that was And when he was like, you should put your seatbelt on now. He's like, yeah. now? Now? Yeah. Yeah. So apparently Cruz, and I, I don't know which injuries were, but apparently he was right. injured six times during the making of this movie. Unsurprising. Um... Also, what a badass! Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so to do, so we we have a little like making of feature, right? We can sort of show here. We talk about oh, this. Yeah, it's got gonna... it's got a little bit of the you know the B roll of just like right. me talking about it and the and the, the stuff. But like the bikes and the cars and everything, they have to go in and they and they have to uh, adjust those cars and and take out a bunch of like safety modifi- I wish modifications. You said raise the seats. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> right. So like they have to take out all these things that are built into the cars to prevent drifting mm-hmm. and like ba- like things with like the bikes to like, create balance so that they're able to crash the bikes so they're able to drift because the the products the BMW products that are obviously heavily heavily involved um, all the good guys drove BMWs in this movie and yeah. all the bad guys drove Mercedes and Audis. Yeah. In the other movies as well. Yeah. Last one, BMWs. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a huge product placement machine for BMW. BMW. Yeah, um, but uh, but anyway, so so yeah, they, they they have to go in and they have to take all kinds of stuff out of them. But I mean, just like like, like crews driving between moving trucks, yeah. and like down the stairs, dude. Yeah, I mean that was insane. The reverse. 
the like reverse jump. Yeah. I mean, it's just the motorcycle. Yeah. Him like nicking his knee. That was really cool. Is, it's just yeah, that and was super getting cool. tossed off the bike and like the speed. Yeah. Like the sheer speed that they conveyed in that scene was just. And I feel like too oh, that's so almost like how you said earlier. Motorcycles are in you know it's almost in the contract he's going on a motorcycle. Yeah. Most of the time he doesn't have a helmet, and it takes right. for me yeah. that scene of him when he's coming up to them on the yeah. on ramp. It that's like Top Gun. It's the same motorcycle scene where yeah. he's got the same look. And the best it's thing is all back. is that the two stunt drivers on the other two bikes are wearing helmets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's funny Who, too. Did Rebecca Ferguson do her motorcycles too? I she did a lot of her so. own stunts, like the opera house scene, like when yeah. they jump. Yeah. Off the building, and they were rappelled down the side of it. Mm-hmm. That was the first day of filming, and she was like, "Cruz was like, oh yeah, I do my own stunts." Like, and she, he's like, "Okay, like, guess throw me off a building, cool." Right. Like, um, and so right. she kind of got on board with it, but, but uh, it is funny the motorcycle thing. Like, he's got the, the one shot in Edge of Tomorrow, like riding. It's completely unnecessary to the story. Yeah, it's totally unnecessary. But there's just a shot of but him on a motorcycle. So necessary, yeah, because it's so yeah. crude. It's yeah. totally necessary. It. Yeah, I mean, some of like some of the moments that I thought were coolest in the bike scene were things that are like, and I shout out my buddy Max Brockman, who's a fan of the show and watches all the episodes. Yeah, but he pointed out he was like, "Hi Max, yeah, hi Max, what's up, <laughs> he, Max?" He pointed out he was like, you know, it's very, it was very practical. Like, what would happen if you're on a, a motorcycle and a guy driving at fast speed tries to take out a gun? takes his eyes off the road to shoot you he takes his eyes off the road he'll crash yeah that's how he dies it's like it's not like you do anything crazy it's like he's not a very good driver because he's not looking at the road and trying to shoot you right and he crashes his bike and that's like like what appears to be like 80 90 100 miles an hour yeah Yeah. you know and god some of the shots too with like going around the corner and like he look he just looks over his shoulder for a second as the guy's bike just like tumbles and explodes off the edge yeah i like when he um kind of like knocked the guy yeah yeah Yeah. he's kind of like and i was like bumper bikes yeah i also love that he was i also love that he was like like cruz dies and then he's like concussed kind of (laughs) right you know what i mean like it's benji what are you doing here? Yeah. yeah, it's like it's another thing. It's like very realistic. It's like, of course, you just get your, your ass kicked and thrown around all the time. Like, you're going to be kind of concussed. And yeah. like, that's the right. way it would work. Or you just died and got defibrillated and yeah. got back, right. brought back to life. That was really fun. And again, that's that comic relief in there where mm-hmm. he like goes to jump yeah. over the car and he can't. Like, I love that. Yeah, yeah. Like, that was the, it was really, really good. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah so Wade Eastwood... Uh, is was the stunt coordinator on this and and wade's worked on a ton of different stuff i, I know he worked on edge of tomorrow as well yeah um so he's definitely someone who who continues to to travel and, and work with crews and he's a well there's that trust yeah I mean, yeah he, he's just kind of a genius when it comes to designing this sort of stuff uh, right we were we're working our trying our best to kind of get him in here but uh we, ha- we haven't been able to get him in the studio yet for an episode right, right. there will continue to be movies that wade, works wade on. we're gonna keep trying man. <laughs> we're gonna keep trying man <laughs> But uh, I, I do want to get into favorite lines and hero villain ranking, all that stuff. So, yeah. guys, this is the part of the show where there are a few things we have you interact with us on. Obviously, the stuff at the beginning is a lot of fun. And then here, we're going to do our favorite line, where we think the hero and the villain rank all time. Recasting the movie. And this is a weird recast. We'll explain it in just a second. Mm-hmm. Finally, which of the three categories it fits into. And then we'll do a sign-off. So, let's start with favorite lines. Me? What do you guys got? Okay. Thanks. So, my favorite line is actually a comedic line. And it's when they're all back in, like, I think it's the warehouse or wherever they're at, and Renner's like, so let me get this right. We're back to square one with the syndicate, except for now all four of us are wanted by the CIA. Really proud of us, guys. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's just his delivery, and you're, that's what you're thinking, too. You're like, what just happened? They're just, yeah. They literally have not accomplished anything yet, or it appears that way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had two again. This one, there's so many twos for me. I really liked when Benji said to him, a minute ago you were dead. 
Yeah. Like, yeah. that was really fun so for what me. What are you talking about? And then I had a Renner line, too, which is interesting, because last week we were talking about how Renner, his delivery wasn't amazing, and I right. feel like he stepped it up in this film mm-hmm. as well, and I couldn't say that last week. But I like when he was like, a car chase, and you wanted the 4 by 4 yeah. or exa- I don't know exactly <laughs> if that's how it came out, but it was yeah. very, he's like, oh, okay, great, we got this truck, and you see him do, like, an Austin Powers yeah, yeah. turnaround. It's yeah. kind of awesome. You know, he has it. He's he's kind of starting to show that yeah. he has that movie star charisma, right? Yeah, yeah Renner. Yeah. yeah, where he can just kind of say things. Yeah, yeah. And they're enjoyable. Yeah, he's good. I like Renner a lot. I think he's very good. I mean, obviously, I, he's no Tom Cruise, but if he's going to replace him, I feel like he's starting to do a decent job. Yeah, it's right. weird. Like to to see like they stepped him down in action wise in this movie. Yeah. He mostly just complains. Like that's really what he does in this movie. He doesn't really do anything action wise. Like he doesn't have any action. Very little. Scenes. Yeah. There's one running together exactly. scene. Yep. Okay, but he's outclassed because it's Cruise running. Uh, no, <laughs> we uh, talk yeah. about it. <laughs> Um, no, no. I, so I thought that was pretty interesting. The, the other one with Luther, that was like funny. Is like it's cool having Rams back, obviously, because we love Ving Rams. Right. But like, he really doesn't look like he should be in the field anymore. No. Like, there's the line well, when he's not. He, but but yeah. he's like retired. There's like the line is, where yeah. she's. He's like. He's like. She got away. And it's like, yeah. you're, it's like, of course you got away. You're waddling. Like, right. yeah. like, like, you can't even get through a crowd of people in a mall. <laughs> but again, I feel like, <laughs> I don't know that we ever saw him up to par with the other people in that. Like, no, his job always is like always technic- kind of behind the yeah. scenes. Yeah. So I didn't hate that. Agreed, agreed. Um, but uh, my favorite line, I think, has to be, and I, I, you know, I searched high and low to try to find the, the script so I could get the exact line. It's a but, tough one. Yeah, it's a lo- it's that whole long monologue that Alec Baldwin delivers when they're in the room with the prime minister towards the end of the movie. Right. And there, there's clips from this that are that are cut in the trailer. Yeah. But essentially, he says something like, "I'm going back out there." And Alec Baldwin, the whole movie has been diminishing Tom. He has been sort of diminishing the IMF, and he hasn't really given Ethan Hunt any credit. Yeah. But he, he looks at him and he's just like, "Ethan Hunt is a highly trained, highly motivated individual." Unequaled by his peers. Yeah, and he's immune like, to, immune to countermeasures. Yeah. He, right. And he says something like, he is the walking, living, breathing incarnate of unpredictability or something yeah. like that. It's like, it's the most ridiculous line, but it's just like the ultimate homage to like, this guy's Jason Bourne, but PG 13. Yeah. Like, he can do anything. Yeah. Right. He's James Bond. You got nothing. Yeah. And like, I just, I just loved it that they like finally give him the line. Yeah, I wish it's it. like, it's, and it's the greatest thing because Alec Baldwin is the one that has to pay credit to him. Yeah. Like, well, hmm. Here's the truth, you know, like where is Hunt? Yeah. But you know, it's really interesting what you bring up. I feel like I would like to see the where we categorize this movie because we always compare it to other action films, but what other action films can pull off PG thirteen and still be this good? A lot of the other ones we compare it to are R. So R-rated, they can have more yeah. racy, they can have more sex, they can have more this, they can have more that. So it makes it kind of almost more entertaining or I mean, enjoyable. There's only, there's only two. It's, it's, it's Bond and, and Bourne. Even Bond is darker nowadays than it used yeah. to be. It's still PG-13. But all the Bournes yeah. are PG-13? All the Bournes are PG-13. Mm. I believe. I don't know about the newest one, but I believe they all are. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, that's favorite line. Now, hero villain ranking, this is a funky one because we always talk about this. Uh, you have to take the incarnation of your hero in that particular movie. Oh, we forgot to get those chart together again. Yeah. What are we doing? We're lagging. We're so we got to get that going. Uh, We're going to get fired. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> From our own show. Yes. <laughs> for not pulling off our ben, own. <laughs> for not pulling off our own chart. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is where does Mission Impossible, Ghost, or a Rogue Nation cruise rank? And does Lane, the villain played by Sean Harris, where does he rank? I mean, for me, he's a fine villain. He doesn't stick with me. He's got his eye twitch, and he's he's yeah. ruthless, and he's good. Yeah. He's, he's not like worth dagger. Not really worth talking about. 
to me. How do you feel? Okay, so this is the first time the villain hasn't died in one of these movies. You got Voight. You got uh, Hunt. Hunt. Uh, Grey Scott. Grey Scott. And you've got uh, Philip C. And you've got the guy in the end of Mission Impossible 4 at the bottom of the factory. Sure. Hmm. This is the only time the villain just doesn't die. And he's just trapped in this bulletproof box. And I'm pretty sure he dies in there. He doesn't. He's they, put not him, they, they put him in like a police van. Yeah, he's not dead. I know he's not dead. Because they would have shown him dying. They would have showed it, and it's also, I mean, it's something I read online. Well, also, I guess they put Tom Cruise in, when he was in the record store, he had yeah. the same, the same gas similar or whatever, and he didn't die. Oh, you think he's going to come back? I don't want him to. That's what I'm saying, is I oh. wish he would have died. <laughs> I wish that we could have Philip Seymour Hoffman back. Yeah, well, I think we R. all R. wish P. that. Yeah. yeah, that makes me sad. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean... Where does where does Rogue Nation cruise, cruise rank? I mean, like it's got to be on the list because I think for I, I want to say if I remember correctly, and we I wish we had the graphic. We will have a graphic at some point. I want to say that MI three cruise for me was like ninth or tenth or like fourteenth or fifteenth, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure that that Ghost Protocol cruise was like twenty third. And I like this this cruise better. Yeah. Uh, so I think Ethan Hunt circuit Ghost Pro or uh, Circa Rogue Nation is probably like. Top twenty, so it's yeah. like eighteenth or nineteenth, maybe. That's Somewhere what I was right going to say. Top twenty as well. Yeah. Now yeah. that I know the that there's a real list that exists, and yeah. only twenty can fit in top twenty five. Yeah. I yeah. feel like with how full circle this whole franchise has come, yeah, that you kind of have to call Ethan Hunt. Period. Yeah, like a top five hero, hero? of all time. Yeah, it's just him. It's weird how that works, right? So you almost like have to it makes it makes you think that like MI3 Ethan Hunt maybe is higher than we're realizing because yeah. if that's the best Ethan Hunt, maybe maybe it's better than like 12th or 11th. Right. Maybe maybe it truly is top 5. I mean, you start to put him up against like the greats though. You Absolutely. start to put him up against John Rambo. You start right. to put him up against Riggs and McLean and you start to put him up against But he wins for me in most of those categories. Well, but it's funny cuz last week I said top 5. Right. And you guys were like, "Oh hell no." Because well, we were talking about four specifically. Yes, four. Right. We were talking about Hunt as Hunt as a in this one in five. In, well, oh, I'm saying in general, like just Hunt. So you're combining right. them. Yeah, like if you talk oh, about Riggs, it. it's all of the lethal weapons. Right, right. You know, like if we're gonna do that. Yeah, I don't know. And he, I feel like even Hunt's gonna continue to amaze us. Yeah. So I'm I'm on board with that. Uh, in in five, <clears throat> excuse me, in Rogue Nation, I'd put him at yeah, in between three and and Ghost Protocol. So maybe like high teens, yeah, yeah. Like high that. teens, yeah, seventeenth. Yeah. I think we're kind of on the same page there. Yeah. Oh, and actually, while we're talking about this, let's. Who who are your guys's all time greatest action star? Yeah. Like yeah. Who, you know, we talked about it early on. It's like who who rivals Tom Cruise? We talked Chuck about Harrison Norris. Ford, Chuck Norris, Steven Seagal, <laughs> whatever you want to do. Yeah, I mean, but, you have you have your Willises, right? And you have your yeah. Cage to some degree. Yeah. Had his a few really good years there. So yeah. who is it for you guys? Who is your number one all time greatest action star? Yeah, I want to know. Yeah, me too. I totally want to know. Please leave it in the iTunes comments. Give us a five star rating and let us know. Just just yeah. prove that you're out there. Yeah, prove right. that iTunes is the thing that people still do. Um, All right. So we all kind of agree Sean Harris is not... He's not top 50 for me. Yeah. Doesn't, doesn't, I, yeah. Doesn't register. I put top 50, but like... Yeah. Because it was like... Right. So last week we did recast. So this is this is the part where we talk about if this movie were made, uh, in this case it's brand new, if this were made in like the you know early 90s essentially, who would you have cast in the roles? And so normally we just eschew Tom Cruise from the Ethan Hunt recast yeah. because he's been doing it forever. So it's impossible almost, but... And we'll recast the other characters. We did, for Ghost Protocol last week, we recast Simon Pegg and Jeremy Renner, uh, and we recast Tom or was someone it else. Patton? Paula Patton. Yeah. Because we did those last week, we changed it up. And this is a special one. What we're doing is 
recast Rebecca Ferguson, Sean Harris, like normal. And if you were going to start the franchise in 1996, so this would be if this was made in 96, and the franchise was starting with a different hero that would make five movies, different mm-hmm. actor, who do you think could have pulled it off? Right. Not would they have been better, but if you were going to start with someone else, who would it be? And over like 20 plus years, they could still do this. Could do five movies. Yeah. That's the question. I'm going to jump in first. Please. Do it. For my villain, for mm-hmm. Sean Harris, if this was made in 1996... I'm going to go with Stellan Skarsgård. Oh, I love him. Ooh. Yeah. Love Skarsgård. Skarsgård. And incidentally, his son was in a film with Rebecca Ferguson. Right. So look at that. Uh, I went with a Mr. Rafe Fiennes. Oh, mid-90s Rafe Fiennes. Like English yeah. patient Rafe Fiennes. Yeah, and, and I love him in In Bruges. And, yeah. And he's, God, I mean, he's the worst in Schindler's List. He's incredible. Amazing in um, the Coen, uh, not the Coen Brothers, the Wes Anderson film, the huge one. Um, Halloween? No, the Wes Anderson one from last year. The, oh, I'm thinking of Wes Craven. Uh, I'm completely blank. The Dar- not Darjeeling Limited. Was it the, the not the Grand Budapest? Grand yeah, Budapest. Grand Budapest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was fantastic. Well, in that. Yeah, no. So I think he would have been a great villain in the '90s. Yeah, I went with Jack Nicholson. Love it. '96 Jack. Mm-hmm. Pledge, the crossing guard. He's Wolf. a little older, but a little still older, great. but still. I mean, what's his name? Um, Sean Harris is. Yeah. 50? That's good. He's 50? Well, no. He was born in 66, so he's 49. He looks great. 48. He looks pretty good, too. Looks good. So I feel like, yeah. I feel like the way that uh, the pictures, you always see Christopher McQuarrie dressing with his glasses and his hair and his suits. Yeah. It's very clear that, like, the character he created for Sean Harris is, like, the supervillain version of Christopher McQuarrie. Right, yeah. Solomon. Well-dressed, the glasses. He's got, like, the sharp hair, like, the sweet jackets. Right. Yeah. softly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, So, uh, yeah, okay, that's fair. Uh, I'm going to jump in then with my Rebecca Ferguson recast. Face to face. Face to face. (laughs) Yeah, it's good. Uh, I went with Uma Thurman. Pick that up. See, and then she's a little young. Yeah, a little young, but it was funny because that's kind of like I kind of mentioned her last week. Yeah, I feel like in the same. So I was trying to think different, and I went with Drew Barrymore. Really, and he's Drew. Yeah, like that's like prior Charlie's Charlie's Angels, Angels. like right right around around the same year. Yeah, I mean, there's not. I know. I mean, you could always, you know. It's like you could always default to Angelina Jolie. I feel like right. in anything, but oh, trying yeah. to like, she's I mean, Angie though. probably yeah, would have. She's young, but that was like girl interrupted in those yeah. days where yeah. she was kind of badass still and edgy. It's true, absolutely. So maybe, maybe her more than Drew. But I feel that's like a she's, good casting. I feel like actually. she's like a go- Angie. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like she's a, almost always the go-to. go-to. So I was trying to think of yeah. something different, but I feel like I haven't, them. Used, I haven't used her yet for any recast. Oh, really? I, think I might have for one, but yeah, it's true. We, I mean, we always talk about her and how yeah. she would be so great at it. Yeah, I think um, she'd be. Yeah, she'd be solid. Yeah, I want Cameron Diaz. Yeah, like the mask. The mask. Oh, that so red dress. Sexy. Oh, Unreal. Yeah. Absurd. Nineties. See, Cameron I don't Diaz. think she could pull off tough though. But then she goes and she does, uh, you know, Charlie's Angels, and I know it's jokey, but she. Yeah, can I don't at least, think she yeah. wouldn't have sold me, and she wouldn't have screwed my mind like. That's Rebecca what those did. two, Barrymore and Cameron Diaz. They, they, they both. I feel like Drew could pull. Well, I don't know. but I feel like Drew could pull off more so the serious flip of that. Maybe than Cameron Diaz. Uma's just I feel edgy. Like Cameron could have done yeah. it if she went through the six months of training that Ferguson did. She yeah. would have beefed up a little bit. And if you train with Cruz, yeah. you can do anything. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, too. I feel like Angie would have done, Angelina Jolie would have oh, done she all the stunts, yeah. too, and she would have went through it. Like, yeah. you see her in Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Like, she's, I mean, I get it's a lot yeah. later, but she's super tough and well, We badass. had a great moment with Debbie on our show when she talked about that, where um, 
when actors have stunt drivers driving for them, they don't really care about what's going on. Yeah. It's like, okay, let's just happen, and I'll come back in and do the rest of the movie. Uh, Angie would pull Debbie aside, and he was, she was like, well, what, where would my hands be? Right. Like, would it be, what, would they, what would they be doing if we were actually turning this minivan around like that? She cares. She and that's one know. thing that makes her that so great. That was one of the best scenes ever. Yeah. You guys did that already, Mr. and Mrs. Smith? No. No. Oh. Love Lyman. We could. Yeah. I love Lyman. I love, I love Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I love Lyme. Speaking of Mr. and Mrs. Smith, Brad Pitt. For Cruz to start the Brad franchise. Brad Pitt. He's the same age. He's a couple years younger. He still looks great. He's a badass. Again, go to. Yeah, I mean, right. Like, who? how many movie stars are, like, movie starish enough? My here. Here's my movie only... Movie starish enough and have aged well enough. Yeah, right. He's still pulled this off. So here's my... Here, here, this would be my quarrel with that. I don't think it's incorrect. I think it's... Like if if that, if that had happened, this would have worked. Like yeah. it would it would be. I don't know that it would be the same franchise, but it would have worked. What I think Brad Pitt lacks, the, the only reason I don't see it, is that he's not historically a like an action movie lead guy. He's more of like a drama lead who's like really slick. So like Ocean's Eleven is a great example of like a franchise where he's a center point of the franchise, but it's not because he's like a stone cold badass. It's like more like Snatch, Troy, yeah, yeah. Seven. What? I mean, said he's kind of an idiot, but he's I mean, not an idiot in well, seven. He kind of is. It's kind of that's the thing. He's like, he's like, he's not very smart. He's like, has no, that's not true. He's not not smart. He's just new. He's a rookie. Mm. He's like young. Well, we can debate this. He's green. Right. Oh, off screen. He's but, green. But my thing is with with Brad Pitt. I just there's like there's an action lead that like misses me on that. That's I don't know. But it's not it's not far from it. I mean, who knows? Because if he had gone in that direction, maybe we'd think about him differently, right? Yeah. yeah. I said Ed Norton. Oh, interesting. It's intense, different. It would have been slightly different, but he's aged well. He's super intense. I feel like he has good delivery. I love Edward Norton. And I I just, I love him. Great actor. One of my favorites. Does he have enough comedy, do you think, to pull off Ethan? I think so. I think he has that wit. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not like, it's not true comedy. It's that wit and that delivery of like. Right. Being on point and saying something, like reacting right away. That's another thing that I thought about with Pitt is that yeah. look that we're talking about. Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. When, when he knocks that dude out and snatch yeah, yeah. in the first yeah. fight, and he's just kind of like, yeah. Like, that's one of yeah. the best parts of the whole movie. There's elements know? to Pitt that for sure I could see as either. Right, right. Like certain, certain elements that are undeniable. What's your genius? Ah, I'm not <laughs> stoked on it, but I, I went with Matthew McConaughey. And, and I'll tell you the reason. Oh, the reason I went. The reason I went with McConaughey is because if you think about mid '90s McConaughey, that's like like a time to kill McConaughey. Dazed so and confused McConaughey, which is a bit young. It's a bit young. Like, but Cruz as Ethan Hunt in the first one looks very very young. He so does. you you could dress right. McConaughey up as a little older. He has the sort of like shit kicker like swagger confidence thing going on, like Definitely. that comedy. He doesn't ring as tough to me. Yeah, what action movies? Yeah, no, I mean like I, I'm telling you this. Is, I wasn't super super stoked about it. I right. I, I just don't. I don't look at him and go, I don't believe you could blow it off. He's got the right. physicality. Like, even just watching him last year in True Detective Season 1, like, punching people, I totally buy it. Mm-hmm. He's, You know what I mean? I totally... Right, right, right. Like, he's, he's had, he has the longevity. Yeah. And I feel like that's yes. a key to that's this the, role. That's the hardest thing about casting this yeah. role. Right, right, he right. hasn't put himself in that action position so many times, but in terms of the confidence and the humor and all that, the sort of, like, that look, the same thing you're talking with Pitt... I guess I have more faith in him as like an action lead if, if he had been put in that position mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. than Pitt because but then uh, it's tough. Like I said, I'm not stoked about it. I, right. I think the bottom line is there's no one you can really put exactly. in this position you that can't you have recast con- this yeah. movie. Well, I almost said um, I want to say Jason Bourne. That's not his name. I can't think. Yeah, of Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Yeah, yeah. I feel well, like that was because the little... first Bourne is only a few years after the first yeah. Mission Impossible. Yeah. It's five years later, so you could have. Yeah, but, but he's Jason Bourne. He doesn't have that 
yeah that that jokey like that charm to him he plays like the much more serious yes. yeah he's yeah. much better for jason Bourne than he ever would have been for absolutely true yeah yeah so let's uh let's end Good job, the show directors yeah You're doing your job right uh the last thing we do on the show if we don't do cage versus cruise right we're not gonna do this week uh is we talk about which of the, the three syndicate is real <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, um, we talk about which of the three categories this movie fits into. There are three action movie categories in our opinion, in our humble opinions. And those three categories are totally legitimate. This is like a movie that is like completely real and awesome and, and not in any way ridiculous, really. So that's movies like The Fugitive or we'll say uh, like Die Hard. Die Hard or something. Yeah. You know, these are action classics. Then you have totally ridiculous which is like fall off a cliff of absurd so that's going to be like con air and, and face off face off movies that are like super silly but they're Starship awesome troopers for a movie to even be in like our discussion it has to be a good movie yeah you can't just like put a bad movie and then try to categorize it we just would never do a bad movie on the show well in our opinion in our opinion yes and the final category is ridiculously legitimate which is like the hybrid category so that's like you know movies that are totally awesome but also campy have like a, a notable award worthy performance but maybe it's just hidden in the middle of an action movie so people don't take it that seriously right. Air um, Force One The Rock yes Point yeah. Break Speed yeah. um, it's my favorite movie ever uh, which of the three categories I want to go Mission last Possible, on this. I want to hear what you guys have to Rogue say Rogue Nation yeah I'm going to put it in totally legitimate again I'm going to put it in totally legitimate again as well because I put four in totally legitimate yeah. even like unwillingly yeah but like for what they're both trying to achieve this just achieves it even better than four does and yeah. it's trying to do the same thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. I agree. Yeah, okay. I think this is totally legitimate. He dies for yeah. God's sakes. Yeah, he gets yeah. saved by Rebecca Ferguson numerous times. Like this is a real movie. This yeah. is a real thing. Benji gets kidnapped. Who? He's the guy you would kidnap. Yeah. How do you he's see it has one. no soul? Tom Cruise dies. It has soul. It has doesn't have soul. It has heart. It's a real movie, Jack. <laughs> just, um, say <laughs> just say it. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's great. So that's our show today, guys. Uh, long one. Wow. Yeah, 80 yeah, minutes. Yeah. Holy moly. Yeah. You're um, welcome. Thanks for thank listening. Thank you for tuning in for two weeks in a row. If you guys want to hear reviews of any of the other Mission Impossible films, we have now done Mission Impossible 3, 4, and 5, or we should say Mission Impossible 3, Ghost Protocol, and Rogue Nation, yep. uh, as well as a whole bunch of other shows you can find on the Popcorn Talk YouTube channel. You can find us on iTunes. Leave us comments. Let us know what you think. If we're doing a good job or a bad job, you can tweet at me if you want to find me at Ben Bateman Media. I'm also on Instagram. At Andrew Guy. And you guys can find me at I-A-M-S-T-E-F-Z. Z. Thanks, Steph. Z. Thanks, yes. you guys, for watching and listening and, and, and hanging out with us today. We will yeah. see you next week. Boom. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners and principals.